Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to C3 Corumbans podcast. We want you to know that you are loved by a God who is love. So good to have you with us. Why don't you enjoy this week's sermon? So, I was thinking um, when Dan asked me to come and share. So, uh, I haven't got Deb up to share because uh, I haven't got enough time. And uh, But Deb is quite shy and doesn't like to talk very much. Uh, I'm the extrovert and the outgoing one, so uh, you're stuck with me today. But... Uh, my wife, Deb, I know, sends her love to you. But we're, th- we're thinking about Colossians and the book of Colossians, and I understand that the theme for the year is walking in him, which is, I just, I love that as a, as a theme for us, for, as, as a church. Uh, and the book of Colossians is a phenomenal book to be pre- preaching out of, but also just to be reading and absorbing and intaking. And, um, the, you know, the book of Colossians is actually written to show the preeminence of Christ, uh, that he is the fir- first and foremost in everything. And um, the, so, so the first couple of chapters set that up, and then the second couple of chapters talk about how we should be living that way, that we should be living as if Christ is the first and foremost of everything in our lives. And, uh, you know, we're, because as believers we're rooted in him, we're alive in him, we're hidden in him, and we're complete in him. And this morning I just want to spend a few moments thinking about the fact that you and I are complete in Christ. And so if we actually live in a way that doesn't reflect that, it's utterly inconsistent with that truth. And so you and I should be living in such a way that we are complete in him. And uh, the book of Colossians, and I know that Dan is a teacher and he's probably explained all this, but it was probably written in a background of lukewarmness. And uh, the book of Colossians was to be read to the church in Laodicea. Uh, you, you can read that at the end of the book of Colossians, how they instructed to go and read it to the church in Laodicea. And you may recall that, in, that the church in Laodicea, in the book of Revelation, is the lukewarm church. And so, you know, there's some challenges in here that puts the finger on, uh, you know, are you and I lukewarm in the way we engage with God and through Christ? And so, you know, I, I, I think that if we realise that we are complete in him, then we actually rise above a sense of lukewarmness. It, 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 would, it brings us undone in all that he is. How many people here like doing puzzles? You know, those puzzle things, a few people. Must be a Canberra thing. <laughs> Yeah, you've got other things to do up here, that's right. <laughs> so, well, I've seen people doing puzzles in Canberra. And um, I don't know, have you ever seen a puzzle that's been done, uh, but there's a piece missing? And have you ever realised that the only thing about that puzzle that you notice is the missing piece? Your eyes are drawn to that missing piece. It's funny how it's human nature almost to get drawn to those things that are incomplete. Uh, back in the day, I worked in construction on the Gold Coast, and there's a big, uh, uh, the corporate centre um, up at uh, Bundle, a big blue round building, it's 15 storeys high. I worked on that project back in the early 90s. And you may not have, you may no, not have noticed this, but if you look at the front of the building and the glass is all the same colour, except for the three top panels at the very top of the building that are a slightly different shade of blue as the rest of them. 
And every time I go past that building, all I can see is those three, three glass panels that are the wrong colour. Next time you go, you will be looking for that. I know, I know. Incomplete. There was, um, I'll share a story about uh, the famous landscape artist Turner, the British art, artist Turner. And uh, he was uh, an eccentric, well, most artists are a bit eccentric, but uh, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just share this story. With the paintings he sent to the annual Royal Academy exhibitions, there was an increasing element of performance as Turner would use the vanishing days before the opening to complete a picture while it hung on the gallery wall. He was also known to alter a canvas at the last minute so it would stand out from other artists' works. In the most famous incident, he strolled into the academy, added one red dot to a grey canvas and left, having managed to kill everything in sight. He has been here, said Jordan Constable, and fired a gun. What he did was complete something with one red dot. For him, it was incomplete. And so I think it's human nature, as I mentioned, to be drawn to the things that are incomplete. And so when we think about our own lives, we're all too aware of the frailties and how incomplete we are. And, and yet if we turn to the book of Colossians in chapter 2, verse 10, I want to read and encourage you in this scripture today. And it says this, you are complete in him. You are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. But that sense that you are complete in him is an incredible truth. If, uh, in the message translation it says it this way, when you come to him, fullness comes together for you. In Christ you are full and complete and it's who you are. In John 1.14, you're probably familiar, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld the, His glory, the glory of His only begotten Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus completes us, fills us, and we're full of grace and, grace and truth because of Jesus and who He is. And so we find ourselves uh, in, with a, uh, thinking through the fact that um, our relationship is better when we're, our relationships are better when we're in Christ. The secret for successful relationships is living from completeness and not uh, from deficiency. So as a person, before I married Deb, because I was a Christian, I was complete. And when I married Deb, I was complete again. And then when four kids came along, I was still complete, e even more complete. And then when they all got married and the grandkids came along, I was even more complete. But I'm still no more complete than what I was when I was a single person in Christ. Still complete. And sometimes we think that the Jerry Maguire answer to relationships is that you complete me. The only one who completes us is Jesus. And so when we live out of that place of completeness, it empowers us. So I want to just spend a couple of moments looking at three areas of, um, of uh, completeness, that Christ completeness, emotionally, materially, and relationally, because he wants us to be full. It tells us that in John, in John, uh, 1, 1 John 1, 4, that uh, our joy may be full. Then in Christ, there's a completeness that brings a joy. 
And I'm not talking about happiness and circumstantial, but a joy that kind of undergirds everything else in life, that we live out of this place, this, this, this bedrock of joy through Christ. So emotionally, materially, and relationally complete. Um, in Colossians 2, 3, a bit earlier than the scripture that I just read before, it says, in, uh, in Christ are hidden the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So if there's something that we don't know or we need an insight in, the treasures, the wisdom of knowledge are in Christ. And so when we have completeness in Christ, there's nothing that, we, that is incomplete about us. So I want us to think about, maybe we'll have a bit of fun with some Bible numerics if you like. The number seven, who knows what the number seven represents? Eric? <laughs> I got him, I got him. Completeness. It represents completeness, perfection, spiritual perfection, uh, fullness or completion. It's the number of the covenant and the Holy Spirit, seven. So, um, and in the, the original language actually means, the, the word seven means to be full. So we're going to see how um, emotional completeness can come to us and God wants to unlock that in our lives. Um, there's a city uh, in Jerusalem, in, in um, Israel, called Jericho, and uh, it's the gateway to the promised land. Uh, the interesting, it's where Joshua fought his first battle to get into Jericho. Uh, I've actually been there. We, we travelled to um, Israel with Eric and Chris. I've been twice, so we didn't go when we went with Eric and Chris, but a time before I went on a, a Bible study tour. And uh, the interesting thing about Jericho, it is the lowest elevated, elevation of a city in the world. So it's, it's below sea level. It's, um, so it's a, uh, and the other fascinating thing is it's the oldest town on earth. Over nine, the, um, the archaeologists tell us it's over 9,000 years old. So it's the lowest and the oldest place. And so let's have a look at Joshua 3, 4. It says this, You shall march around the city, all the men of war. You shall go all around the city once, and you shall do six, um, uh, this you, you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven, um, uh, bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark, but the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Maybe there's a Jericho in your world. Maybe you're feeling the lowest of low. Or maybe you're feeling that there's been some stuff in your world that's been there forever. It's the oldest thing that you can remember in your life. But you know what? In Christ, he can complete, completely change you and completely bring restoration into those places. So seven is the number of completion. And so if you think that you're at the lowest of low, allow Christ to complete you today. If you think that, that this thing is too entrenched in your life and you can't get rid of it, allow Christ to complete you today. The stronghold will come down. Because that's what the, the imagery that we read here is that God wants to bring down the, the walls, the barriers, the blockages to the advancing of his kingdom in your life. And so when you're complete in him, you may think the battle is just too big or too old or whatever, 
But in Christ, um, it's the biggest obstacles are overcome when we're complete in him. The power, the redemptive power of God at work in our lives. We are complete in Christ. The emotional strongholds that you feel that you've been dealing with for so long are no match to the completeness in Christ. No match to being undone by God and what he's doing in our lives. Full of grace and truth is what being complete in Christ is about. We find ourselves full of joy, full of grace, full of truth, overflowing with this stuff when we're complete in Christ. The walls can come down. That thing that you've been dealing with for so long can come down when you're complete in Christ. It can. It can shift. You know, in Matthew 18, you're probably familiar with this scripture, uh, verse 22, it says, um, Jesus is saying, I did not say to you up to seven times, but to 70 times seven. He's, also, he's really saying, completely, completely, completely forgive. And so there's this sense that if, um, if we're emotionally incomplete and we're holding on to something and we need to let go, we need to forgive, then the exhortation of Christ is to completely let this thing go. Completely. We can forgive completely because we've been completely give, forgiven in Christ. So it's out of that place that we can allow forgiveness to flow. And so it's, um, the thing about forgiveness is it has to do with the past. And a lot of us struggle with uh, forgiving people because we're uh, in a relationship that continues to be uh, abusive or disruptive or taking advantage of, of the situation. But forgiveness is about what hap was happened in the past. And so if something is ongoing, it's not in the past. You can't forgive something that's still happening. So you can actually deal with the thing that's still happening and confront that. But you, you can forgive what has happened in the past. And I'm not saying that, that it was right or I'm not endorsing it or that, justifying it or anything else. But if that is an emotional barrier for you, getting closer to God, then you have in Christ the ability to completely forgive somebody 70 times 7. And you'll find that those walls will come down. It has something to do with the things that have already happened. So, uh, and as I say, we're not talking about tolerating ongoing abuse or dysfunctional relationships or whatever. You know, I think that the concept of forgiveness in a, in a, in a cancel culture is actually quite offensive. It's, it's, it's contrary to um, what the world would say to us that we should be doing. It's like, well, I'm just going to write those people off. Don't want them in my life anymore. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says completely forgive them, completely forgive them. And so I think that, you know, I, I reckon maybe one of the uh, classes in, dis, in our discipleship pathways in church should be dealing with offence. Because Jesus said it's impossible that offence won't come. And so you and I need to know how to deal with offence. And we deal with offence by forgiveness, essentially allowing that process to take work and root in our lives. We are able to completely forgive because we've been completely forgiven. The second thought then, so emotionally, the first thought is you are complete emotionally. And if God is speaking to your heart at this moment, then just take a, just take a, a moment just to say, God, what do I need to let go of? Help me do this. 
Take the opportunity to do that. So the second, the second thought then is that um, is materially. He f- he completes us materially. When we what we put when we p- put what we have in God's hands, He ensures that it is complete, full, and enough. That's why I love uh, Dan's uh, giving message before because it's 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 a it's about where it's a faith thing. It's a disposition of heart. We're saying, God, we're trusting with you. It, it's a priority thing. The first of of our material things come your way. And so it becomes an incredible truth that we, that we live out of. And so in, in um, Matthew 15, 32, we read the account of uh, the feeding of the thousands of people. And Jesus called his disciples to himself and said, I have compassion for the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. His disciples said to him, where should we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven and a few little fish. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground and he took the seven loaves and the fish and gave thanks and broke and gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. And they all ate and were filled. And then they took up seven large baskets full of the fragments that were left. It's complete and full in God. Even in material things that we actually don't understand. How are we going to feed thousands of people in the wilderness? How are you going to uh, meet the commitments that you find yourself dealing with financially and materially? Well, the first point is to put God first in your life. Find yourself complete in him and then he can fulfill enough that you'll have, you know, heaps left over. Put your resources in God's hand and he will provide. Emotionally complete, materially complete, relationally complete. There's a great story in John chapter 4, a divine prophetic encounter And this encounter of Jesus at the woman of the well was inappropriate on so many levels. So many levels. You know, I was thinking about it. You know, we're we're at the moment, as a movement, we're working through safe church stuff in response to um, the Royal Commission and all of that kind of thing. But here we have an example of Jesus who was breaking a whole lot of rules that the Royal Commission are trying to impose on the church. He was alone with, with a woman and instructing her to do some stuff for him. And, it's, you, you, and I look at this and I, I, I think, oh man, I'm not sure how politically correct this story would fly in, in this day and age. And so, because he, you know, he, he engages in conversation with her and they talk about things like relationships. And the, the woman answered and said, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you, you've said it well, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband, and that you spoke truly about. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you are a prophet. Five husbands, one she is with now, and Jesus makes seven. Jesus completes her relationally. Jesus completes you in any relationship. If you are building out of your relationship with him, it's, it's, that is the thing that you bring into each and every relationship. 
The thing about our Christian faith is, and all of us should never lose sight of this, that we are saved not for our own sake, but for those around us. Those that know God and those that don't know God. And so there is a reason and a purpose that you and I need to live a full and complete life in the things of God. And so, so Mary, um, sorry, the woman at the well came to know Jesus in a spirit and a truth kind of way. And that is a very, very powerful thing. So it doesn't matter how many times you've blown it. I mean, how many people have been here married five times or more? Okay, so the benchmark has been set pretty low here for us, hasn't it? It's like, I kind of think that God is saying, you know what? There's an opportunity for whatever your relationship status now, wherever you are at, whatever pain you are walking through, whatever you don't understand, there is a way that Jesus can complete you. And so it doesn't matter how many times you've blown it, God will always be there for you in Jesus. Emotionally complete, materially complete, relationally complete. All of this fulfillment is found in Christ. We are complete in him. Imagine what your life would look like if those emotional walls that you have built up over time, over a lifetime, defense mechanisms, we can understand how they are there. But it's like, you know what? There comes a time when those walls need to come down. When you're complete in Christ and full of grace and truth, those walls can come down and you can be emotionally complete in, in Christ. Just imagine what that would feel like. Emotionally complete. I'm not reactive. I'm not flying off the handle. I'm not insecure. I'm emotionally complete. What is God speaking to you in the depth of your heart about in that situation? Imagine what freedom from worry and anxiety over finances and money and material possessions. Imagine what that would feel like if you were complete in Christ enough to know that, that he has got you covered, materially complete in Christ. Imagine what that would feel Imagine what it would feel like to be absolutely have no money worries at all. No concern about where the next meal is coming from or the roof over our head. Imagine what your relationships would look like if you drew your strength from him rather than looking to somebody else to meet your needs. You are complete in Christ. We are, all of us, complete in Christ. He meets our need. The world says that the, uh, the answer lies within that we need to, to, in self, we've got to look at ourselves and, you know, self-actualise and all of that kind of thing. I was thinking about that, self-actualising with, you know, Maslow and all that hierarchy needs. The bottom rung of that is physiological needs, and, which include, you know, food and that kind of thing. And, I, and I've known for a long time that without Christ, I am completely incomplete. <laughs> without Christ... And, I, and that was one of the things that brought me to Christ because I thought, if I've got to look to myself inside for the answer, I'm in big trouble. And when I thought about it with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like, I can't even cook. I can, how, can I, how can I look to the answer for myself? You know, it's, we're complete in Christ. We are complete in Christ. He fills that gap on the inside of us, deep inside of us. And if you've got a sense of a gap or an incompleteness inside of you at the moment, Christ is here to fill that gap.